Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodorand. And I'm Jake Watroba. And on today's episode, we try to get back into normality. We talk about sports. Yes, we got Eric Gomez, who covers Liga MX and MLS for ESPN on our show. Talk about Liga MX and MLS. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and send in your thoughts and questions at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod or Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast at gmail.com. We want to build a community during these unprecedented times, so talk to us. We're here for you. Now, let's get to today's episode. Alrighty, Steven. Have you heard the big news? Uh, yeah, this morning, Tom Brady ain't going back to the Patriots. No, no, that's not the big news. That's not the big news. <laughs> well, we is- were featured on a art- on an article on MLSsoccer.com, basically laying out all the MLS podcasts that are out there, that are available for you guys, the listeners. Yes to consume and we just wanted to take the time to thank you first of all for listening and to uh listening and, and building this community with us having these conversations with us sending in your questions your thoughts on twitter or on email or instagram or uh, tiktok when we were trying to do that for a little <laughs> bit uh thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for just consuming our content listening mm-hmm. to our show giving us feedback we appreciate it uh it, if you mentioned us to mlssoccer.com i'm not sure if they were running something to like hey what's your favorite podcast if you did that if you passed along and said hey uncle sam soccer podcast it's a good, good good podcast listen to it thank you yes thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you a million listeners we wouldn't do this without you that said as i just mentioned we are a community this is this is an unprecedented time for really the world as we are all pretty much self-quarantining, social distancing. So that said, we want to check in on you guys. We want to build a community. So you want to talk about sports. You want to talk about life at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We are here for you. Jake and I will do our best to, to extend our metaphoric hand to you because, you know, you can't touch each other right now because that would be a violation of social distancing. Anyway, Jake, let's talk about some sports. It's been it's been a, a hectic week shutting down, but one league hasn't shut down, and that's the NFL, and boy, news have been rolling in left and right. And this is something that um, I wanted to talk about more on a later episode. In fact, the episode that comes out after this, we'll do a little bit more on this. But your initial thoughts on the NFL and free agency, and should they be continuing like this in in these unprecedented times yeah they should be because here's the thing 
everybody has tape on everybody. You don't need to be having workouts or or meetings or what what you know. You can have a meeting on Skype. You can do what you and I are doing right now. You can discuss. You can have an interview or a conversation with a potential player. You yep. you have all the footage. You have all the tapes. You have all the medical documents you need to make a decision on if player X will fit in your system. I think what the NFL has done, and I think they may have gotten some flack for it initially for not pushing back free agency because of what's going on uh, in the world today. I think what it has done is for the people like you and I who, you know, like sports in general, I mean, you and I both consume the NFL outside of soccer. Absolutely. It has given us something to talk about. It has given us something uh, to follow. It's like a a reprieve. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, From... From what is what's 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 just going on? It's just it's it's nice to just hear like, oh hey, Tom Brady's leaving. Like that's a that's an like that's a sports that's, news. That's different. That's it's different sports. than what we heard from the last last week. Yeah, it's no. not all doom and gloom. Right, unless right. you're a Patriots fan. Well, yeah, uh, different story. But yeah, and it and the reason why I'm bringing this up, and this is something we'll definitely get more into, like I said on on the next episode. But there's a lot of crisscross between the NFL and MLS. What did the NFL just pass in the new CBA? What playoff format does that look like, Jake? That playoff format, I've seen that before. I've seen it tried. Where Where's that playoff format that the new NFL CBA is talking about? Where have we seen that? I think you've seen that in MLS. I think oh, that MLS. Wow. There is a connection between both leagues. Okay. And it's very important to see what the owners of the NFL, as obviously there are a few who are owners of an MLS team, is to see how they are interacting and how they are conducting their business. Because you don't think that bleeds over into the into what MLS is wanting to do and into their reaction to all this? It most definitely does. And it's worthwhile paying attention to seeing what the NFL does. Now, let's get to Eric Gomez. Joining us now on the show, he covers Liga MX and MLS for ESPN FC and ESPN Deportes. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Gomez 89. It is Eric Gomez. Eric, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing the uh, self-quarantine uh, that most of us, if not all of us, should be doing at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, it's going well. Yeah, you're, you're coming. Uh, we're calling you actually. Uh, obviously, we're in the United States, but you're in Mexico City. So just... Briefly, I'm just curious. Talk a little bit about what the situation is like in Mexico City and what the authorities are doing or aren't doing. Yeah, as far as um, what the authorities are doing right now, I mean, all the mass events have been postponed, suspended. So, you know, last Sunday was our last taste of, of Liga MX, and even that was, was done without crowds. Um, for the foreseeable future, we don't have any any large-scale public events, as is the case around the world right now, most of the world, really. And um, as far as what they're not doing, I mean, uh, as I mentioned, I'm self-quarantining. We're we're not in a stage yet here in Mexico in which the government is actively intervening and asking people to stay home from work and school and all that. There are a few closures as far as um, schools and private institutions, but it's definitely not across the board. Um, you know, I went out a couple of days ago and did, uh, some grocery shopping to, to hunker down and there was still a lot of people out there in the streets. I can see from my third story, 
apartment window uh, down onto the street that there's still plenty of, of pedestrians and cars going by. So we, we still have a lot of work to do as far as mandating that people stay home and, and get through this. Uh, Eric, uh, when you went out, were you able to find toilet paper? Because that's been a big issue for us up here is we can't <laughs> find toilet paper anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's uh, that's kind of spreading around the world as far as <laughs> uh, what, what people are hoarding. Um, I'm, I'm a Costco guy, so I luckily stocked up on, on toilet paper a few weeks ago, so I didn't need to buy it. But I will say I was... Um, like I said, I was at Costco a couple of days ago doing some shopping, yeah. and people were making runs at the, uh, you know, the moist towelettes, the antibacterial soap, and, and the hand sanitizer, and all that. So um, it's it's the same kind of panic, uh, no matter where you are. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, let's talk about sports. Let's talk about something that we we enjoy and do. And the world has come to a complete pause. But as you mentioned, Liga Mex still had matches this last weekend, and. Why Why such a slow reaction when the world has literally, in a span of, what, 36 hours, major sports leagues across the globe have just said we're shutting down for the foreseeable future, most of them citing anywhere between two to six weeks? Yeah, I think the answer might be insensitive to those, uh, those people that I know within the Liga MX offices, but I think it's pretty obvious and answers money. Uh, you know they didn't want to they didn't want to give up their their position there uh, as far as uh, attracting people to the stadiums. I mean, last Friday in Tijuana and, and I believe Puebla was the last were the last two games with with uh, crowds, you know, with people in attendance. So it was it was very late as far as reacting to what the rest of the world was doing on that front. And then within the span of 24, 48 hours, um, they just completely shut down the league. They went from having people in stadiums to holding the last uh, days of, of games without people in the stadium and then finally shutting the entire thing down. So uh, there was some pressure there from CONCACAF and from FIFA, uh, I found out. Uh, I, I understand that um, FIFA in general, uh, they're, they're pushing for uh, leagues around the world, especially those countries that have reported cases of, of the coronavirus to stop play entirely. And I know that pretty much 90 to 95 percent of those countries have have done so. There's still a couple of holdouts there. But at the end of the day, Mexico, the Liga MX, they were concerned about uh, giving up um, short-term economic gain, and they tried their darndest to keep it going when they saw that it just wasn't a good idea to have people in stadiums or even to have the players exposed to this, then they decided to stop altogether. But I know that that was not their original plan, uh, even Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Eric, do we have an idea of what the financial ramifications are for League MX with this stoppage? Well, I mean, I have no idea how these contracts are legislated as far as insurance with TV networks that uh, pay them rights fees and all that, you know, they might have <clears throat> different provisions with um, not just broadcasters in Mexico, but in the United States and beyond that allow them to keep making even if the games are stopped. But that would certainly be a big concern. I mean, as far as attendance, that will impact every team differently um, based on their stadium size and how much they charge. And, you know, the other part of this is, is pretty. I would say is much more important than, than the other two things that 
about so far, and that is the, the employees for each team, people who work in stadiums and, and uh, for the organizations that are not players, that are not making a significant amount of money. Uh, you want to make sure that you take care of them. And um, you know, that's certainly been a concern across the United States as far as the, uh, the sports leagues that have been impacted, uh, and, and the NBA, MLB, certainly NCAA, as far as the, uh, the employees. I don't know how people in Mexico are managing, but uh, I would hope that something similar is being done to protect them and, and protect the families, the players, the owners, they'll be fine. But, uh, you know, there, there are all these other vulnerable people out there that might be much more effective. What about the fan reaction? Obviously, here in the States, worldwide in Europe, uh, shutting down the games was was somewhat of a thing we were just waiting to for it to happen. Obviously, in Europe, they were playing games already behind closed doors. Syria had already postponed matches uh, in the last several weeks. But what about in Mexico after the news broke that, you know, okay, we're going to join the rest of the, the sporting landscape worldwide is to, to put the whole league on a pause. What did the fans uh, have to, to say to that? So as far as fan reaction, I think people are pretty split. Um, a lot of people in Mexico still don't think that this is a big deal. Um, whereas a lot of people who go to the stadium regularly were planning to stay away as late as last week. So obviously when you've got these, exponential numbers uh, and cases growing day by day. Mexico is about, I'd say, two weeks behind Spain and Italy, which is pretty frightening as far as the, the amount of people that have been infected and confirmed cases and all that. So I think people are pretty much bracing for the worst uh, here in Mexico. And um, at the end of the day, it's just um, a smart move to, to say we're going to stop it right here and encourage people to, again, to stay home and, and try to ride this thing out. Well, Eric, let's talk a little, uh, let's talk actually about soccer instead of <laughs> the you know coronavirus and, and, and things being shut down. Uh, I want to know your reaction or what the fans' reaction was to uh, Lyon blowing that, uh, that first uh, Champions League or uh, CONCACAF Champions League fixture against LAFC. What was the reaction in Mexico like to that? So I'll, I'll preface this by saying that anytime you've got the best player on the field, you have a chance. They, they have not just the best player in that Leon LAFC series and Carlos Bella, but they have the best player in the tournament. Uh, and they play a fantastic second leg. I think that's not up for debate. Um, one of the things that I was most interested by yeah. When, when watching that game, was how Leon's manager, Nacho Ambriz, guy that has coached um, in Spain as an assistant for Javier Aguirre, a guy that has uh, coached Club America, one of the biggest teams in, in the continent, um, how he would respond to the pressure of that second leg and, and, and holding that lead. Because in the past, he's been labeled as being a very conservative coach. And I think that that happened again with him, um, those old ghosts kind of came back to haunt him and, and to sort of maybe uh, assimilate this uh, to a different sport, uh, you know, you could make a case and make a comparison with Nacho Ambriz to what happened to uh, Kyle Shanahan, right? With, with Atlanta and San Francisco and, and, and the Super Bowl. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is not to be trusted with a big lead most of the time. And that really came back to haunt him again. Um, Leon was 
far too conservative in that second leg. They've got one of the best offenses, you know, in CONCACAF. Ante Mena and, and Meneses and, and all of these other great players that they've signed over the last couple of years kind of coalescing into this fantastic offensive unit. Uh, and they just were completely idle during that second uh, leg against LAFC. They, they were outplayed. And you would think that you would want to use LAFC's aggressiveness against them by counterattacking, but they weren't even able to do that. Their attacks were just cut off at, at, at midfield. It, it, was, it was pretty sad to watch if you were a lone fan. But again, it, it, was, it was to be expected from a guy like Nacho Ambriz, who hopefully for, for lone fans will learn the lesson this time and, and, and adjust the next time he's in a position that was similar to that one. Let me get your reaction to Club America uh, beating Atlanta United. They score. They scored two goals in the span of two minutes in the opening thirteen minutes. Um, did Atlanta? Obviously, they had a massive injury in in, in Martinez just um, you know several weeks ago. So against against Nashville in um, the league opener, uh, did Atlanta really have a shot? Without Martinez, and uh, what's the, what was the reaction to the three-zero scoreline? Yeah, you know, I think they did have a chance uh, because Club America is, is going through this very difficult period as far as injuries. I, you know, we'll see what happens whenever this series is is resumed as, as far as who they get back. But they have five, six first-choice players, first-team players um, sidelined. And they've got them silent for a variety of reasons. Some of those injuries are short-term. Some of those injuries are long-term. And um, they've also got a player that was pretty much able to have starting a little trouble and, and, and now not with the team. That was ongoing. So there were plenty of things that Atlanta, I believe, could have taken advantage of during that first match. And they were just completely outplayed. I don't think that this is going to shock anybody. I don't think that, that this is necessarily a, a secret. But I think any league acts up favorably with their offense against any MLS team's defensive unit. And I think with Atlanta, it was not just an issue of not having Joseph Martinez because at least when you've got Martinez's speed, you can expect any team to be careful against the counterattack, right? Especially finishing those passes from, from BT and from Barco. Mm-hmm. But now that Lynch is, is a non-factor because he's injured, you know, that, that, uh, that's not as big of a fear with other guys. Uh, so their reaction is great. They to um, go in and lag and basically the postponement of the CCL, is that a – I mean, that has to be the worst possible outcome for Cruz Azul, right? They had to have been the favorites, you know, yeah, as of last it, it, week that, with, a, with the, the form they were in in, in Liga MX. Yeah, that's really interesting because you mentioned that, I mean, they've got fantastic momentum. Or they had fantastic momentum going into the series with LAFC. And it goes back to what I was saying beforehand in, in reference to that Leon series. Uh, momentum comes and goes, right? right? Who knows what this Cruz Azul team is going to look like a month, uh, however long it takes to, to come back. Uh, they're still going to have that same roster of players. They're still going to have that same quality, but that momentum and that 
that just that great run of play that they've had over the last six weeks might be wiped out. Now, on the other hand, LAFC and anytime, as I said before, best player in the series, best player on the pitch, you have a puncher's chance. So I think LAFC, as far as very um, very non-important scale, I think the play is going to be the most beneficial to LAFC when all is said and done. Whether they take advantage of that when we come back uh, remains to be seen, obviously. comes out a little bit rusty yeah this is going to be rather fascinating have you heard any rumors any news regarding what CONCACAF plans to do with the Champions League in UEFA they're looking at doing something rather unprecedented in the sense that they would do some sort of March Madness semi-final in one city with the final the weekend after kind of what they did with the Nations League now again this is just rumors this is floating out there but what has CONCACAF, have you had any contact with anybody in contact with CONCACAF and what they plan on doing with the Champions League? No, I haven't had any direct contact with CONCACAF, but I do know that um, considering the, um, the petitions that UEFA and CONMEBOL have and the contact that they've had with FIFA as far as pushing the, the uh, national team tournaments back into 2021, struggle to find a new spot in the calendar for the new Club World Cup, right? Which obviously affects the outcome of these club champions leagues around the world. Um, so I think that they're going to finish the tournament. No, I don't know when that's going to happen. We may have a situation in which that is condensed. So it's just kind of rapid fire as we go. Um, it may stretch into the second half of 2020 because we don't have to worry about that Champions League going through that European uh, model that we had previously. We can sort of sit back and let the Champions League and the CONCACAF League, which is the club competition that allows the Caribbean to qualify for 2020. Eric, I wanted to ask you one last question before we let you go. Uh, Rafael Marquez was quoted about two weeks ago as saying that Liga MX should uh, be worried and that it won't be long before MLS overtakes us. Is that a growing sentiment in Mexico right now? We hear it a lot up here about, uh, is MLS closing the gap? Do, do, do uh, people in Mexico think that that is happening right now? That is absolutely a valid talking point. Anytime we get around to the CONCACAF and League, uh, the revamped, um, I'm forgetting the name of the, the this new tournament with the 16 teams. Um, the, the League's the, Cup. The Super there you go, the League's Cup. People in the media, you're working about whether MLS is losing the Let the listeners know where they can find your information, find your awesome content, and uh, yeah, anything else you'd like to plug for the last 30 seconds here? Yeah, so when MLS comes back, uh, if any of you out there are listening, speak, read Spanish, I do an MLS column every Sunday night. That's up on ESPNDeportes.com. Uh, I write about Liga MX and MLS and also sports in Mexico for ESPN.com. And as the guys mentioned at the top of this, my Twitter handle is at Eric Gomez 86 
lots of spicy after there. So, so we'll be involved in uh, with the chat. Great, awesome, really appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Hey, thanks, guys. No problem. A massive shout out and big thank you to Eric Gomez and listeners. We do apologize for the uh, connection issue there. We did our best to resolve it. Um, but Jake, fascinating stuff. I'm not too sure what CONCACAF is going to do with the Champions League. I think UEFA is a little bit more pressed, um, uh, as as Eric alluded to there. Um, it'll be fascinating. I wonder if they do any some sort of reformatting. We hear that UEFA is going to reformat into some sort of similar March Madness Final Four where you have one city hosting three games in the span of, of 10 days, uh, which would be really cool, would be really interesting, but you know it would be definitely different than what we're used to in, in UEFA standards. But with CONCACAF Champions League, uh, it seems like um, they have more flexibility. Uh, knock, here's my suggestion. Knockout-style tournament, one-game knockout in Dallas – and that's how you do it. You just uh, final final at Jerry's World. Final, yeah. Well, no, you just forget the first leg of these uh, these last these last games. So you give Atlanta a chance to redo themselves. Mulligan. They all get mulligans. Everyone gets a mulligan. Do you think the we, Mexican we, sides are going to be happy with that? And uh, I think Concacaf would be happy with that because they're going to make a ton of money off of it. I, or they're gonna, they're they're going to make money off of it. Fair, you, yeah. But I, I guess it depends with the flexibility. So, yeah, that's why, that's why you do a one-game knockout. You just do it Tuesday, Thursday, yeah, but it also Tuesday, depends Wednesday, Thursday at Jerry's the, World. The problem is we're speculating. We have no idea when they're coming back. For, for all we know, it could be in six weeks. It could be in 12 weeks. And that's yeah, that's right. the problem, right? Anyway, listeners, at UncSamSoccerPod, at Jake Watroba, at Steven Jodderin, a big shout-out to our guest, Eric Gomez. Go give him a follow at Eric Gomez. 86. We'll be back tomorrow with more sports coverage. Like I said, we want to build a community, so send in your thoughts. What's on your mind? We have this metaphoric hand stretching out. We want to help. Until next time.